This episode of Mike Seibert Radio is powered by Poddex. Use the discount code MSRP10 for 10% off your first order. Poddex were created to be a tool for any podcaster, whether you're just starting out or a pro podcaster, to help grow your audience, have deeper conversations, and set yourself apart from all the other interview podcasts online. Now, I've never endorsed a product before on the show, but I think Poddex are a really cool way to break the ice and inspire some really fun conversations. You know, regardless if you're a content creator or not, especially at a time when we're all safe at home, Poddex are a great way to interact with your friends and family and maybe learn a thing or two about each other. There are a variety of Poddex combo packs, including the episode deck and interview decks, the second edition episode deck, the would you rather and what the heck decks, or you could do what I did and just buy the entire library of five unique pod decks. So shuffle up, ask a question, and let your audience get to know you and your guests a little better. Go to poddecks.com for more information, and don't forget to use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's discount code MSRP10 at checkout, poddecks.com. So, so keeping with uh, in the world of the Transformers, you know, uh, we we flirted earlier about you know thoughts about mm. the Michael Bay movies, and it was kind of interesting because there there was like a little bit of um, an accidentally inciting incident in that, like I wasn't even going to talk about live action uh, today because I you know it's <laughs> it, it's one of those things where. Um, I don't know. Just, you know, folks that feel the way that they do feel the way that they do. Right. So on, on one hand, there's, there's some fertile ground to, uh, uh, to talk about, but uh, on the other hand, but in that, uh, in that aforementioned um, uh, one year anniversary episode of empty, uh, empty pod, um, you know, they, they basically did a recap episode of revenge of the fallen and I was listening to it, and I I almost immediately went to went to the twitters, and I, I had a, I had a uh, incendiary take on it, which you know I almost should have like uh, done like another tweet. It's like I'm totally subtweeting Michael Andrews here, <laughs> or something right, like right, that. Right. But but you uh, you saw the saw the bat signal and uh, responded because like I I um uh, well my I, Google. For Revenge of the Fallen 
uh, came up right there. And I said, oh, someone, someone's tweeting about this. I need to get there instantly. Somebody's <laughs> tweeting about Revenge of the Fallen. It's like, finally, somebody's tweeting about it. Yes. But, but before, before I get to my take and you know, we, we talk about uh, your perspective on things, because I, I would really genuinely kind of want to get into your uh, thoughts about the, the Michael Bay live action movies, because in all the conversations we have, I don't think we've gotten that deep into it it's like you know it's always been kind of like a theme you know where it's like at arm's distance it's like well you know this is my shit right yes yeah, yes yes right. we know we know we know michael <laughs> andrews um but uh but yeah have, haven't really been able to uh unpack it as thoroughly but one of the things that that was brought up is um uh during that podcast is not knowing or understanding the perspective from folks that truly and genuinely like these movies um because like you know and and as kit and harper both mentioned you know it's like they they listen to our bumblebee episode and oh. they're just like i'm sorry yeah. to hear that i've <laughs> sorry for them that's not nice <laughs> um but no they, they were like yeah i don't think any of those guys like bayverse and really uh you know um just recapping for the the APDC guys that aren't here, you know, I think if I remember correctly, I don't think any of them have seen all of them. I think Aaron has maybe seen most of them, but like on TV at like, like a cousin's house or some such like that. Right. Or, um, so not really watching them. And not rewatching them, all of them every year. Like correct. Myself. Correct. Yeah. So that, yes. that gets into my perspective. I have seen all of them. I've seen some of them more than once, but hmm. but not all and not many. <laughs> my uh um my very well oh shit, I'm trying to figure out how I want to unpack this. My my quickest hottest take is well it, it's it it's softened. It's softened a bit because for years it used to be Bay versus garbage. You know, there, there's nothing redeeming there. It, it's just terrible. It's just awful. You know, it's, it's sexist. It's racist. It's bigoted. It's, you know, it does such a, a disservice to these characters, blah, blah, blah. All yeah. of which I still feel. But the thing that I have softened on through making more friends in the fandom is that I lost sight of that the success, the financial success of those movies has allowed Transformers uh, as a brand to flourish. You know, that's, absolutely. And what you know, if you're a crusty G1er and hate on Bayverse, that's fine. You can still do that, but you have to, as as I did, acknowledge, you know, its contribution to the uh, uh to the larger tapestry we wouldn't be having the transformers material that we're having now between you know like the upcoming netflix show between like the war for cybertron toys you know uh masterpiece all that none of that happens unless hasbro is raking in that dirty dirty michael bay cash <laughs> totally. and totally and i don't know if it was so much that i was reluctant to admit that i think it was just more that i didn't see it 
I couldn't look past my bias um, because I think I was, I was fixated on like, well, look at, at the critical response versus the financial success. You know, people that go to watch these movies are morons. One ticket, one ticket for Dark of the Moon, please. You know, that, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> you know, I, so I, I've, I've participated up, up until I, I got to a point that I didn't and we'll, we'll, we can touch back on that. But, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's really what it was. And I didn't jump off until Revenge of the Fallen. Like, I, I actually like that first one. I, I like it just fine because I feel like it accomplishes exactly what it needs to. And, and I, I think I, everyone does. I think honestly, uh, yeah. there's a, there is a, a across the board, uh, very strong, like, if not love for that movie. Sure. And I, it, it, regardless of where the franchise went, that gave me something that I never thought I was going to get again. And that is, seeing my favorite robots in disguise in a movie theater on the big screen, you know, since the, you know, in the first time since I was seven years old and, you know, as you get to be an adult, you know, you realize that, you know, some things are just kind of part of the past. And, and even, even when, like I saw all like the previews and the solicitations and all that, there was still, a part of me that didn't quite believe it. It's like, is this really actually happening? And then, yeah, I just remember, you know, watching in the theater and I'm like, holy shit, that's Optimus Prime, you know, and, yes. and just kind of having that, that, um, you know, uh, transportative uh, movie going experience, very similar to when I was a kid. It's like, you know, it's, and you know, and and it, and it was funny and endearing, and you know, and and problematic, and all of that. Yeah. Like, I, like I, you of know, it, it's all of those things. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's a Michael Bay movie, and it's you a know? thirteen-year-old Michael Bay movie. Let's not forget that. Exactly, exactly. So, so I, I honestly can say objectively and without irony that i i don't have a problem with that first one and i like how it set the table and did enough fan servicey stuff a little too much fan servicey stuff in parts <laughs> like you know like like the first time somebody said something was more than meets the eye was great by the right. fourth time i i was like i get it i get it my my ribs hurt from being jabbed so yeah. hard i get it we can we we can move on and like even like the uh the dialogue um in uh, in mission city you know uh, you know prime's like at the end of this day one shall stand and one shall fall and i'm like well right. i mean I, I mean that that line is my shit but um I don't, I, I don't know if you, you quite earned that in movie number one, but I will also say parallel to that, I, I looked over at my wife with a big warm smile on my face. I'm like, he said the line. So the thing and you had so, a tear in your eye, let's be honest, or at least exactly, a watery little bubble. Exactly. Started. Exactly. So, so, I mean, I can, I can own that with, uh, you know, w without irony or, you know, Gen X hipsterism or anything like that. But, but then you get to 
uh, the second movie. And that, and I, I'm not gonna, mm. you know, do like a whole blow by blow takedown or, or whatever. But you are but, gonna include some toilet flushing sounds, I imagine, in post. <laughs> Possibly. I'm expecting it. I'll, I'll see what I got. I'll, I'll see if I can <laughs> find something. But what, I, I think the reason why I was bothered so much is one, because, you know, so, a lot of the, the content, but more than anything, it, it's, um, you know, a big component of disappointment is expectation. So coming off of that first movie on, you know, such a, a relative high and, you know, seeing the previews and, you know, at that point, like the, uh, the Dreamwave comics, you know, had, had come and gone. So like the Fallen was a character in there and I'm like, oh, it's going to be the, the, the Blast Furnace guy. That's, yeah. that, could, that, that could be cool. That's, that's fine. And we all wanted that in this yeah. conversation. I'll tell you that right now. I, I'd love to see Blast Furnace guy because I, I, yes. I, I think it's a cool look. You know, totally. like, you know, like with, with like the, the, the grilled face mask with the fire coming out of it. I, I think it's a really cool look and I'm still kind of disappointed they didn't do something like that. Because if you look at the Fallen's design with how um, angular it is with like, you know, so many um, um, slats for, for lack of better word, right. it seems like you can throw some fire in there and, and that would be a... Uh, that that would kind of be okay but you know because of you know the troubles with uh, the production and all of that it just ended up being a incomprehensible mess and i i remember now i i'm uh <laughs> so i so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a story here and it's it's very embarrassing i uh you know i i over identify with with movies and with tv and you know the fiction that i truly enjoy you know it's like i you know i i get like into it so like when i get disappointed it's an ugly scene like i i remember when i was like oh i don't i don't remember how old i was maybe Fourteen, um, and I, I and I convinced my grandma to go take me to go see Jason Goes to Hell: Colon the Final Friday. <laughs> now I was a huge Friday the Thirteenth kid. Again, it was the eighties. Nobody was home, so nobody's watching me course, go through my grandma's VHS videos and consuming Friday the Thirteenth products. That's just what you did, exactly. So, but I remember going into that movie, and they changed the mythology so much. I'm like, I'm like, where's Jason in this Jason movie? And I remember having like. A, again, I'm super embarrassed, but I had like a fit in the parking lot. And, <laughs> and my buddy, who was the same age, he's like, you just saw that there was like a, a couple girls passing by us and giving you side eye, right? I don't think side eye had been invented yet, but whatever, whatever right. like the 1991 equivalent was, you know, and I'm yeah. like, I don't care. That movie sucked. I'm bitter. <laughs> I, was just, I just had like such a fit about it. Oh, so, exactly. So you, you fast forward 20 years later and he's still and, doing it folks. And I, I, so I'm watching this revenge of the fallen and then like, you know, the, the twins come out and I'm just like, I, I just remember having like this, this gross feeling in my stomach. Like I ate some bad popcorn. I'm like, excuse me. I'll be right back. I excuse myself, mm. went to the restroom. I, I come back and and they're still um jive talking and uh, and I, yeah. I forget you know maybe it was like a scene of like um you know uh needlessly sweaty megan fox or 
um right. or like i'm like i don't really need to see that that girl's underwear with the the tentacle coming out of her whatever's i i don't right. need any of this excuse me i'll be right back i'm gonna go refill my popcorn so i go and refill my popcorn come back again um so basically i i left at least a half a dozen times to the point where my wife leans over to me and says are, are you okay? Like generally concerned for me. Like, like she thought I was, you know, having some problems. Turns out the problems I was having was just that I just hated the movie so much. And I looked at her with just kind of like these like cold, uh, dead eyes. I'm just like, I hate this movie so much. Everything about it. Yeah. Um, sure. and, and I remember just like leaving, just having like this, just ashen look on my face. I'm just like, and, and, even now, I, I think that is still probably the most disappointed I've ever been with a movie ever. And by then, so by, the, wow. by, so fast forward later, you know, to the other movies, it's kind of like par for the course. Like I, 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 you know, we went to go see Dark of the Moon and I remembered feeling aggressively indifferent about the whole thing. It's just like, I just didn't care. That's high praise relatively. It just, yeah. I mean, and, but, and, and it was weird because coming off of that second one, it didn't bother me the same way that Revenge of the Fallen did. And I don't know if I can explain that one. I guess maybe I was just numbed and tuned out. Then uh, the, the age of extinction comes around and it's, you know, Marky Mark Wahlberg. And I remember like, you know how they like changed the font a little bit, you know, it was like thinner right. because like they were really kind of trying to like, push the 3d and 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 things like that and i remember one of the things that was being tossed around was the idea of this being like a quote-unquote soft reboot meaning like you know no shia labeouf no annoying parents none of the stuff none of the stuff that you don't like come back and watch our movies we're going to do it better this time right and i fell for it and I'm watching this and, and, you know, three and a half hours into this movie, I'm seeing Marky Mark Wahlberg cracking a, a Bud Light off of like a, a car and chugging it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't. And so we leave Age of Extinction and I tell my wife and like my, my uh, uh, um, a stern voice that you're probably not supposed to share with your partner. And I'm like, I'm done. No more no more Ow. ouch and then so like so that so that last night comes around hey man you want to go see the transformers nope i'm out i i was like i was like mark i'm like mark cuban i'm like you know for that reason i'm out i have not seen the last night i i've really? seen i've seen parts of it and i've heard um you know various youtubers uh talk about it like i um one of my favorite podcasts, We Hate Movies, uh, did an episode on it. So I, I kind of know the plot. But I also know, because like I, I think I've asked some folks that I trust, I'm like, I, I feel weak sometimes. Should I go visit this? No, stay away. Hmm. Stay away. It'll just, it'll, it'll, just, it'll just make you all mad all over again. So, <laughs> so that's, I guess, in a, in a um, small nutshell. Oh, one more thing. So I, I have not revisited either Age of Extinction or Dark of the Moon. Um, I, um, I picked up a DVD copy of Revenge of the Fallen. Um, I don't remember when. It was, um, I think maybe it was maybe around the time of Dark of the Moon. Um, I could be mistaken, but I, I picked up like a, a bare bones DVD copy uh, for super cheap. 
And, you know, back before like streaming was a thing and, you know, that's the only way you could watch movies is by, you know, (laughs) renting them or buying them super cheap from the, from the Hollywood video or whatever. Anyway, so I picked this up super cheap and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I had such a experience or a a reaction to that first movie or or to, to that, that um, Revenge of the Fallen. Maybe, maybe I need to give it another day in court. Hmm. I gave it another day in court and I hate it more. Uh, <laughs> I hated it more. Oh, I was on the edge of my seat, Mike. I was just, he's going to admit he loves it. And he had a great time. No, no. It, uh, in fact, it reinf- it, 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 I, I missed a bunch of stuff from like when I was walking out, I'm like, Oh, those robots are <laughs> super racist. Uh, this yes. director is super bigoted. Uh, it yes. is super misogynistic. I'm like, I'm not here for any of this. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I'm never going to watch it again. I, you know, and I was thinking about it from the angle of this conversation that I anticipated we were going to have, Plus, through the kaleidoscope of listening to Kit and Harper talk about it, I'm like, maybe I need to give it another go. So I looked on my DVD shelf. I have since thrown that away. And I, I didn't even like put it in like a donate bin. I literally threw it away um, like, uh, like a couple years before we moved. So I couldn't revisit it even if I wanted to, um, which is fine because that, that's kind of my hot take on it. It's like I... Um, I'm sure there are other movies that I hate more than Revenge of the Fallen, but I'm hard pressed to know which it would be. Whoa, those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. So, wow. yeah, it it just it, it just inspired that much of a visceral uh, reaction in me. But, you know, I, I was, I, I just now thought about this. I did have a very brief flirtation with revisiting it. Um, and I think I tweet about this as well. Um, uh, last year when we were in Niagara Falls, we went to, uh, we found ourselves in the, in the Hard Rock, you know, just went to Hard Rock Cafe just to, you know, get some, get some uh, overpriced souvenir wings or, or whatever. <laughs> Cliche the day away. I love that. <laughs> um, uh, TM, TM, Michael Andrews. Um, <laughs> coming of mage now in stores. Um, but no, anyway, um, we uh, just by weird coincidence, um, Revenge of the Fallen just happened to be on. And, you know, and it was at the very beginning. So I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at the, at the flashback scene. I'm like, oh yeah, the, this is awful. And then it gets to the beginning and I'm like, I, I got to admit, I was almost halfway pumped during the, uh, the Shanghai sequence because like there's something pretty cool about dropping Optimus Prime all freaking America. Fuck. Yeah. You know, with, with, with <laughs> yes. his obnoxiously large parachutes with, right. the Autobot, Which uh, he absolutely needs. Of course. Of course, because you know, how else can you be a robot in disguise? Uh, unless you have your uh, faction symbol all over. Right. Um, anyway, but I, I remember watching that and then like, getting that same kind of like ashen expression when we're just murdering unarmed prisoners. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Hashtag not my optimist. I forgot for a minute. And then we like smash cut to the annoying parents and I'm like, okay, check please out. And for me that, you know, I, 
I'm a little embarrassed to say it didn't hit me right away with the two robots, the two twins coming out. It didn't hit me. The racism part of it. I, I was very, you know, small town country bumpkin guy at the time just didn't, sure. didn't click that, that there was something happening wrong there. But my first moment where I really, what really took me out of the film was, uh, yeah, like you said, Optimus just taking out that bot that was already downed, just yeah. shooting one in his head. And it's, and it, it was not, it's not Optimus. It's definitely not. And they just kept doing that with the movies. They made him darker and darker and darker. Yeah. And, and really, you know, and, and maybe this, this discredits my, my perspective on things, but I, I think what hurts me more than say like the racism and sexism and bigotry and misogyny is is that that optimist characterization and and oh, yeah, it's it, yeah it's it it was just and, and and to me that just reinforces and compounds the other stuff because like the the stuff with like the twins it was just kind of like you know i'm just like you know scrunching my my uh, uh you know scrunching my face and you know, furrowing my eyebrows and things like that, you know, along with like all of like the, the Megan Fox stuff, you know, it's, you know, ramming a camera up her ass and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's not good. And I, you know, knew that it was not good, but then, yeah, it's, you know, and my thing also, um, I, and, and I, I've learned that I've come unique on this. I, um, and this kind of even goes all the way back to like say beast wars i i didn't understand the necessity of reusing character names to maintain trademark so uh, like i i remember like you know a lot of beast wars characters rolling in with like you know g1 character names and being really bent about that and i remember being bent about that in in these movies it's like who who are these knuckleheads? You know, it's like right. you know, hashtag not my Ironhide. You know that that right. uh, um a lot of that. So, um, but I I just I I remember being frustrated that like certain terminologies were being co opted incorrectly. Like, um, you know, a, a space bridge is a physical object that you pass through. It's not just teleporting. <laughs> You know, or right. whatever, whatever Jetfire is doing. Again, I, I had yeah. since learned that, you know, that, again, that was just outmoded uh, G1er ideology. But just, you know, it, it at the time, it struck me that, you know, this guy doesn't know his material at all. You know, the, the writers of this movie, you know, as they were like held very likely at gunpoint in a, in a <laughs> hotel room, because I think like... The, both of the writers, like uh, Kurtzman and Orsi, I think they were saying like they were essentially locked in a hotel room and they were like ticking down the moments until the writer's strike was going to start and they like had to finish a draft. And yeah. um, and that is not the way to make a movie. But no, um, no. But, but to your point, it is a movie. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of those you have to remember that it's a movie for the general audience. It's not just for us. And I think that's one of the main issues when it comes to any big fandom, Star Wars, Transformers, what have you, DC. Um, You're delivering for a massive audience. You're selling tickets. And oftentimes your writers and your producers and your directors are coming in with no knowledge of of any of the canon before this. And they just have to make it uh, as relatable as possible for everyone. 
Now, I'm sort of an apologist for movies all around. I'm a writer myself, and uh, I love new takes on things. And that's one of the things I really like about the Transformers movies is that it's, that it's not G1. It is a new look for all the characters. It is a new characterization. I'm always looking for that, for that, that reboot, that new take on, on old material. So it was only until I got, you know, the internet became bigger after those movies sure. that I saw that people, people hated them. Got some well, sirens. I'm going to let that pass. Uh, I was right. going to say, man, are they, are, are, they, are they coming to take you away? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, it's like, talking about got, the movie industry. They don't want to hear this. He's, he's, got a, he's got a fever with those <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> right, right. But uh, the point being is, is that you don't, you don't give it, you don't make this film for the individual fan. You don't make this for the exact age group and the exact demographic that the original uh, source material came from you make it for all mm-hmm. and and i and i truly think they did that i think one of the reasons like you were saying earlier the reason we have all these uh greater toys and greater action figures and the line kept going was that it sold a buttload of tickets mm-hmm. it did really well and it and there's people that know nothing about transformers that after that movie came out were calling me texting me clapping me on the back like Transformers was cool for that hot minute. Yeah. For that summer, I was the hot property. Everyone wanted to talk to me because I was the Transformers <laughs> guy. And I think that is what I'll always love the most about those movies. There is a sense of nostalgia for me that when those came out, they really meant something. It was it was more content for me and it was a recognition for the brand. Absolutely. And I I meant to put this closer on front street but um but i I'll, I'll say it now um the one thing that in in our conversations you and i two mics too furious even even if it gets contentious the one thing that i will never say in criticism is your liking of those movies or any of those movies because one it's okay to like a movie and you you know you don't have to be like hip and cool and go with like you know the popular consensus i mean there's like right. equally wrong people that like those Zack snyder movies uh you know things <laughs> right. like that not, not that i'm trying to hey, we found something we agreed on it, yeah, so <laughs> it's um but but the thing i want to say is like so it would never be my goal to like use my negative experience with those movies to influence or color your experiences uh, with, with those movies, because like, it would be the same thing as if like somebody came up to me and kicked sand in my eye and said, you know what, that 86 movie is bullshit, you know? And, and, and there, there is also though that, that um, objective thinker where I'm like, yeah, that, it's not a great movie. I love it, but I can acknowledge that uh, that it's that it's not a great movie. It's a fun movie, but that doesn't mean it's it's objectively good. I right. would humbly submit that I think it's objectively better and more coherent than some of the live action counterparts, uh, mainly just because it has the good sense of brevity. Like one, one of my biggest criticisms of the live action movies is just how much of a slog that they are. You know, I, I think, I, I forget which one it was, whether it was Dark of the Moon uh, or Age of Extinction. I had made a smart mouth comment like, you know, you could watch 
Transformers the movie 1986 like three times in the times <laughs> it would take you to watch this movie you know which whichever one it was sure um but I'm I you know I'm 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 sputtering off topic again I just I again I just I just wanted to say that like you know regardless of our conversations I'm not going to say you know don't like those movies because you shouldn't like those movies you have to be cool to and and be like the other you know crusto cynicism right. folks I I appreciate your um you know enthusiasm and optimism um, you know, for, for the content, even, even if I, even if it's not for me. Right. Absolutely. But I will say on the other side of that coin, I don't want to be the person that's standing up for racism and sexism in film. I absolutely recognize that those are problems, especially in the second movie, especially in all the movies, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's a little bit of a, a scary time to be a fan of certain things because, uh, you really, you really can't, in this modern day, disconnect yourself from from those tones and those themes, yeah. and then they are problematic. and And it's hard. You sort of need to admit that you don't love every aspect of it. Otherwise, you are sort of you are sort of waving the flag of these of these bitter themes in our society. And I just, I guess, for me, a little disclaimer. I just mm -hmm. want to make that clear that that my love of those movies, anything about them, does not stem from shots of Megan Fox in her underwear and, right. and the gold teeth on the uh, illiterate Autobot twins, mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's that that's heartbreaking to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and so remind me how, uh, how old were you when you, um, when, when these movies first came around? I would have been about 22. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So coming, coming out of college, Nipping at the bottle, just a young, <laughs> young, dumb, and full of Autobot vigor. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, so it's because it, I think a lot of that comes from when we see them, meaning like, you know, yeah. what age we are, where we're, where we're at in life. And I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that imprints, um, as well but you um you had um a couple other uh really interesting takes on specifically why you like the live action movies and especially why you like uh revenge of the fallen do you want to do you want to dip into those yeah you know <clears throat> it all stems from nostalgia for starters like you were saying it was the time it came out it was the people i was seeing with it was the feeling of being in the movie theater, which I think we're all missing right about now. Oh man. Who whole other topic, <laughs> but, uh, but, but that sense, I'll never forget that sense of what it was like to see that with my friends. And especially that second movie, like I said, the first movie made me cool for liking transformers. The mm -hmm. second movie, man, I couldn't, I couldn't stop seeing that movie in theaters. Everyone wanted to buy me a ticket. Everyone wanted to see that movie with me. That was a good feeling on top of that. We haven't seen a toy line like that before or since. I'm still finding out about new Revenge of the Fallen toys every day. Like I, it's it's a it's a it's a puzzle box. I mean, there's just more and more and more. Yeah. They just the infinite toys that came out of that line. Um, so I think that's one of my biggest part of my collections. And I think you know, Mike, one of the things that brings mm -hmm. us uh, the Venn diagram of our 
Transformer Spheres crosses. <laughs> yes, is you have kind of niche collection collections. Uh huh. Um, you know, you, I th- I would say almost exclusively you're collecting the Alternators line, yep. right? Yep. I, I've I've got a couple other knickknacks here and there, but I I don't have any third party. Um, I just recently, and I haven't posted about it yet, so maybe it's not, maybe it hasn't actually happened yet, but I, uh, I got a, a baby's first masterpiece. I picked up, um, uh, the, uh, what, what number is it? Uh, uh, MP18, uh, B, the, uh, the ah. blue, the blue, blue streak. I've, um, I've always loved the Dotson mold. It's uh, it's probably if if I think about it hard enough, you know, for for like a a mold that that is shared between separate characters, I think that's my favorite mold. Um, and I was always fascinated by the box art for Blue Streak in that like the toy looks nothing like the box art, and the guy in the cartoon didn't look anything like the box art or the figure. So, so I've, I've, I was always fascinated with blue, blue streak. And I was just, I was just dinking around on, uh, uh, I think it was just Facebook. I, I, you know, came across it on marketplace and it's, uh, it's got the, the repro labels where it's got like the cell shaded windows oh, and things right, like yeah. that. So it's, it's really very cool. And it's, it's kind of funny because like I, I picked him up before I moved and he's I, I I opened the box just to make sure it had all the accessories and um, it, it's used. It's um, you know so sure. so it's not meant in the box. I mean, obviously because it's got. Oh, I love used. It. That's another thing that sets me apart of the collectors. I love. Oh, used. give me well, loose. Give me out of the box. Take that decision out of my hands. Exactly, and and that's very very similar to where I'm at with alternators. I I love picking up these cheap. Uh, loose alternators and and just fiddling with them um, because yeah. I, again they're a lot of fun and you know I think I think a lot of my listeners are probably tired of me talking about alternators but you <laughs> you don't get to masterpiece without the engineering innovation from alternators no. and and I I remember when like um, when MP47 uh, Hound uh, came out masterpiece hound and people were having various complaints and i posted up some pictures of my alternators hound and i'm like you know what he tabs just fine and you know what he's got rubber tires too so hell yeah <laughs> that that figure rules that's yeah, a, that, and that's great. a that's a really fun mold <clears throat> well i'm glad you brought it up because i was going to say that's one of the ones that i'm extremely jealous of in your alternators collection yeah. i just drool over that one yeah, well, and and I've I've got a swindle also. That's the it's the yellow retool, and, and it's cool because oh, like not only is it a repaint, but it is a true retool. Like the grill is different; it's got a different head, and I think a couple other uh, details. They're a little different. Um, oh, it's beautiful. But, but yeah, it's it's neat. Like and and I'm I'm kind of partial to Jeeps. My uh, my wife drives a uh, Jeep Wrangler. And it's, it's like, it's like her dream vehicle. She's always wanted one. And and a few years ago, we just, uh, I don't want to say on impulse because she had been looking for it, but we just basically walked onto the lot and she's like that one. And we, and we (laughs) drove off the lot with the, with her Jeep and she loves it. Um, so anyway, so it, it, that, that kind of, um, rekindled my, my affection for hound and for, uh, Jeep characters, so yeah, so once I grabbed that alternators, especially since it's again um, officially licensed, and so you know it's got like the, totally. the the Jeep logo and it looks like a Jeep, and 
anyway, it rules. It does. I am supremely jealous of it. <laughs> I will steal it from you if I ever get the opportunity in an Ocean's <laughs> Eleven-esque heist. But there you until go. then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, to your point, I, I'm not like a hardcore toy collector. In fact, I think the only thing out of the, uh, the Siege Earthrise line I have is uh, Soundwave. You know, and, oh, yeah. and it was Beautiful one of those figure. things. I mean, he's great. And, you know, so it's like I, I've, uh, you know, fiddled with him enough to where I put him in lamppost mode. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't get the upgrade kit to uh, um, do the, the secret tape deck mode. So I got sure. it as like far as I could um, without, without having those extra um, shoulder bits in there. But it's, it, it's still a lot of fun. I, I don't even care that the spaceship mode is dumb and doesn't really do anything because lamppost mode. So it's fine. Right. Well, where I was going with that five hours ago when you first asked me was uh, <laughs> my, my, the biggest part of my collection, uh, uh, one fifth of my collection um, is exclusively revenge of the fallen. I keep spaces for that. If there's a, if there's a collection I want to finish, it's the revenge of the fallen toys. They are weird. They have some weird throwbacks. Um, there's repaints that are like G one inspired. Uh, if you look up the revenge of the fallen sea spray, you are in for a treat. That is oh. one of the coolest figures of all time. It's got hints and nods all over it, hidden in the, in the paint deco. And uh, it's just cool. But there, there's tons of those like that. So See, that's a big one for me. Yeah, see, and and that's why I kind of wanted to dig into it a little bit with you because, like, uh, you had mentioned that on Twitter, and I, I didn't respond because I didn't know what to respond with. I was like, wait a minute, right. so you like this movie because you got cool toys out of it? That's <laughs> not how that works. That movie still has has problems, but but mm-hmm. I, I I do understand a little better. Uh, than I did before. So that's, um, and, and, and again, for me, like the, the toys have been like such a weird blind spot. You know, it's, it, I, I, um, okay. So like growing up, and I think I've talked about this before, you know, I was always drawn to the Transformers fiction, you know, the, the, the sure. comic books and the show and, and of course the movie. Um, I had what I, I would consider to be, a lot of of transformers figures you know it's like you know i had optimus prime and you know some of the dots and bros i had um uh skywarp but not starscream you know Soundwave, of course you know anyway on and on i i had i had quite a bit of transformers wait do you like Soundwave? <laughs> um remind me to come back to that for for shots across <laughs> the bow um but um but I, I was more of a G.I. Joe guy, you know, in terms of like huh? the toys that I actually played with. So like there would be times where I'd be like, I like the Joe toys more than I like the fiction. And I like the Transformers fiction more than I like the toys. I just I think I just the, the posability and the things that you can do with G.I. Joe, um, I, I think was more engaging to me as a kid i i just my my favorite thing about fiddling around with those uh three and three quarter inch figures is just the poses you know just messing around with them whereas totally transformers were cool in that like you would have like a really cool alternate mode and then usually a really herky jerky rickety robot mode that sometimes could stand up sometimes you could turn its head a bit um you know so i mean like there i mean there were some cool transformers toys but in terms of like i 
I liked them more as representations of the characters from the fiction more so than as actual toys themselves, if, if that makes any kind of sense. It makes absolute sense. And that's one of the only reasons I collect toys is just to have, have something from these properties that I love. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm remembering like when Aaron and I were talking about the uh, virtual third party panel for uh, TFCon Orlando, um, RIP. And, um, you know, and, and he was asking me like there was some, uh, some line of like tr- non-transforming figures and he was asking me my take on that. And I told him that actually, uh, if you give me like a highly uh, articulated like Marvel Legends, uh, Star Wars Black Series style of non-transforming figures, like in the evergreen designs, I, I, would, I would buy my face off of those because <laughs> it gives me that representation of the character Um, but without all of like the, the things that Transformers toy collectors are constantly bitching about, you know, it's like, if I hear one more person talk about, you know, shell forming and backpacks and Uh, all of that other stuff that, you know, terms that I had no idea about two years ago, now I can't get away from. It's like, yeah, I just, I just want like a cool rep, like a posable statue, I guess, or no, no, not even that literally an action figure. You know, so um, like, like I love the alternators because again, they're, they're really cool cars, you know, cool licensed car, the robot modes, sometimes less, but yeah, um, take them or leave them. Exactly. But I I think sometimes even with like that siege sound wave, it's like he gets a little fiddly sometimes. And I'm just like, oh man, now I've like half transformed this. I don't, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, sometimes I think I just want to play with those representations of the figures without the, this is blasphemy, but without having to to monkey around with transforming them. Well, that is blasphemy. I'll be honest. That is uh, <laughs> wrong. That is the wrong take on the matter, sir. So I can't agree with you there. Excellent. But you excellent. know, I think one of the things that we as fans uh, forget about is like how cool these toys are. And they're so unique compared to all other action figures out there. Yes. The engineering that goes into these, like shut the fuck up about the hollow legs, man. Do you know what these things are doing? They're turning yeah. from car into a robot and back again. It, they're well, brilliant. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and even then, like at the premium level, like, you know, we know our, our buddy Aaron is a, is a hardcore third party guy yeah. to, the, to the point where he has almost no time for official stuff because it doesn't meet those premium standards that, that he perceives that, that his, uh, that his collection needs. Yeah. And, and I can appreciate that. Um, to an extent, because a lot of those third-party figures look very, very cool, especially on a shelf. Um, but it it also kind of, I, I think, sometimes misses the point that these are supposed to be toys for children. And, yes. and if you have, like, you know, swords and other sharp bits that can actually cut you, that's... that's now, again, if he were here and is probably yelling at his, uh, at his phone while he's <laughs> yeah. mowing the lawn or, or painting the bathroom, you know, it's like, but these are adult collectibles and, and there's a distinction there. And I get that. But I think where I bristle a bit is, you know, kind of like there, there's a subset of the, 
of uh, collecting that is so down on official stuff, you know, because again, for like those right. those, those design uh, choices that you that you mentioned earlier, you know, hollow legs or you know uh, uh, backpacks or I mean, you know, say nothing about like the turtle shell on on Unicron, you know, that that kind of thing. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.